Welcome to Hurt Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes. Make sure to hop over to HurtFantasyFootball.com to subscribe to us so you know where we're up to this offseason. I am your host, Courtney Kirby. I'm here with my lovely sisters, Ashley Williams and Brandon Marianne Lee. Hello, ladies. Hello. This is the first Sunday without football. We have 29 more left. It's crazy. The countdown. It's sad. It's really sad. My husband's been watching um, replays of old Super Bowls today. Ooh. You just can't. Mm. You just can't get away really? from it. It's like it's depressing, isn't it? He doesn't Nothing. want to watch yeah. the last one over and over again. It had such a good uh, ending. No, he watched the Patriots uh, Seattle game. Just got done with that. Oh, it did have such a good ending, Ashley. Oh, so mm-hmm. sweet. I was it saying did. we made uh, Thanksgiving dinner for the Super Bowl. Uh, because you don't have to cook during the Super Bowl. It's basically all done, you know, ready for you when the alarm goes off. So it was fantastic. Very, very good. Ladies, what did you do for the Super Bowl? <laughs> First, you're the only person I know that thinks, oh, Thanksgiving dinner, super easy. We'll just, you know, it makes itself pretty much. I love that. I've never made Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> in my life. It stresses me out. And I love that you and Brandon both eat Thanksgiving dinner okay, more I will, than once a year. I will say that we did buy already made mashed potatoes because I didn't want to be making mashed potatoes. Cause that's really the only thing you have to make like in there. Sure. Put the corn in the microwave, you know, the steam stuff. It's fine. It's good. Stuff. And you do the whole Turkey. We do the whole Turkey. We do double the recipe of stuffing gravy with drippings, you know, at all. Sure. I love it. The best. It's the best. What did you like I mean, do I... for the Super Bowl? I ate clam tip. I did, yeah, you, I did too. By the way, following up, Howard Bender will not stop with the, how he thinks clam dip's disgusting. He won't stop, people. He needs to try it. He, he needs to try it. He I mean, keeps it is sending rather... me barfing gifts. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not barf worthy. It's delicious, you guys. Clam dip is the jam. If you're listening the to SiriusXM, it keeps coming up. The only people I know that do not like it are people that haven't tried it. Other than your husband doesn't like cream cheese. Other than that, I mean, I've had to get that recipe out multiple times. I mean, it's the easiest recipe in the world, but I've had to give it out because it's delicious. Yeah. It's yeah. delicious. And the people just don't get it. So all you serious XM listeners that, you know, we're not on right now because it's not football season, but you're still hearing about clam dip and her fantasy football. I'm telling you again, trust us. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. I had a great day, though. I watched the Waste Management Golf Tour <laughs> right nice. before the Super Bowl, and it wrapped up with, like, I think we turned it over and Pink was already on the field, but she hadn't started. Um, so by the time Ooh, we turned up, it, it was like perfect timing. I got to watch my golf, got to watch the Super Bowl. It ended how perfect. I wanted it to end. It was perfection. Yes. We'll get there. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Well, very nice, ladies. In fact, our show, we are going to talk about the Super Bowl, some of the playoff wrap-ups, kind of go through a little bit of free agency, what we expect from some of these playoff teams this week. And so we're going to start off with the wild card weekend, which was forever ago now, but there's no time like the present, right, to talk about the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Best matchup ever. Um, no, actually, <laughs> listen, you can also follow us just so you know on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. If you ever want to talk about football during this offseason, we're there. And we're going to have a big draft show and 
you know, we get to pick our own teams and that's always fun. So make sure you, you talk to us there. Um, and if you hate the Titans as much as I do, you can tweet us about that too. So <laughs> let's get started with the team that definitely <laughs> deserved to be in the playoffs. And it was just like their season. This game started really slow for the Titans. The only player to score in the first half was Ryan Suckup, who is a free agent this year and finished the year in the top 10 for kickers and fantasy points and by far the best person on this team. So this year, I should say, performance-wise. Um, I found this team to be very frustrating to cover all year long because there was no rhyme or reason for what they did. And I'm pretty mm. sure they didn't know what they were going to do every game anyway. So I don't think they had a clue. Um, but the second half of the Titans game, they managed to come back. Mariota taking things into his own hands, literally. Mariota threw a six-yard pass to himself. Take that, Giselle. It is it possible. <laughs> it can be done. It can be done. I don't think we actually are giving her enough credit. Maybe that was prophetic of her. Maybe, Maybe she so. knew that in the future we'd realize, no, legitimately, he cannot throw and catch the ball. I was surprised that we have yet to see in the Tom vs. Time Facebook documentary him practicing throwing <laughs> a pass to himself. <laughs> yeah, like trying to like be like throw and then run and catch, you know? Well, we could see yeah. he couldn't catch during the football. Yeah. Super Bowl anyways hard. from somebody else even. So um, DeMarco Murray was out, so Henry had the touchdown and they couldn't convert the two-point conversion, which they failed again after Eric Decker caught a 22-yard touchdown. The whole game was exactly what I thought. The Titans all year, not good enough. Regardless, they won the game. So it was just... Typical. Typical. This is when the beginning of the end for my playoff predictions started. I don't know about you ladies. I thought for sure the Tennessee Titans are going to be out round one. Yeah, I thought the Chiefs would win in the polls yeah. I did, but I did well for most of it. That, But that one would surprise me. Mm -mm. Big time. But I think it's because Kelsey was out, which I'm sure Brand's going to talk about. I mean, that just changed the entire dynamic of that game. Oh, I would say yes and no. So the Kansas City Chiefs... Um, I thought they could maybe take a run at it. You know, they were a legitimately yeah. good football team uh, with all of the parts that you need. Um, but you know what? What a bunch of baloney. Okay. I'm sorry. Terrible play calling again. And you want to know what they did? They went back to that midseason slump formula and they had, I'm not kidding you guys, they had a 21-3 lead going into halftime. And yet for the entirety of the game, Kareem Hunt only got 11 carries. For 42 yards and a goal line touchdown. Of course, they got a touchdown. The guy is good at football. Why would you only give a running back your lead back 11 carries when you're up 21 3? Uh, they deserve to lose for the time game. for time management alone. For time management alone, you should be running the ball. I don't buy it. it, it no sense. It's just. Uh I sat there watching and I was like, okay, did they just start prevent offense and prevent defense? Mm -hmm. What is this? Thing. Is this a it's new a thing? thing? <laughs> disturbingly bad you guys unbelievable and yes uh it is important to point out that travis kelsey he did catch four passes for 66 yards and a touchdown but he did leave the game in the second quarter uh, and the chiefs went into this you know bizarre uh coasting land i guess they just gave up they were like oh travis kelsey's out so we can't do it but the problem is they have other people that play football on that team and they could have been fine for instance tyree kill caught seven passes for 87 yards demarcus robinson also scored 
scored a touchdown. And Alex yeah. Smith finished the game with 264 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. But clearly, if you looked at the internet, he is why they lost. What? Because what? that Alex Smith always gets the short end of the stick. Alex was not, was not the reason they lost. Get the out of here. Was the play reason calling they lost that game. And that Swiss cheese defense that came back to bite them in the <laughs> bum. And I'm sorry. I am just done. You know, and I'm not an Alex Smith, like, big-time apologist. Like, I, I recognize good football when I see it. And he was playing good football this year. And I can't even get into the fact that Derek Carr got into the Pro Bowl and not Alex Smith. Like, my brain can't comprehend that sentence. So I'm not going to go there. But I do know that Alex Smith had a career year this year. And he was not the reason why they lost that game. They lost that game because they did not go to Kareem Hunt. And that's why they lost all those games in the middle yeah. of the season and almost didn't make the playoffs, which is why they were playing in this first round to begin with. You deserve to lose. Now, I, obviously. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, just, I think that the weirdest part to me was like literally watching the game. I sat there and thought they literally have built their entire playbook for this game around Travis Kelsey. Because the moment he went out, like literally you could see the look on their faces. It was like, uh, uh, uh. And it's like, you do have other players. And like you said, they were so far up. You run the ball. Time management alone, you run the ball. You, it just doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. Um, did Andy retake over the play calling duties for that game? Did he retake it over or what happened? I, I mean, it's debated. I, you know, I think that they're uh, – yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I know that Nagy is someone that everyone really loves, so no one wants to put any blame on him, and he has a bright future, so I'm not going to sit here and, like, you know, knock the guy. And I'm not – you know, I, I think – this is how I feel about this moving forward because the biggest move of the offseason so far is that Alex Smith is now with the Washington Redskins, okay? So they have decided it's Patrick Mahomes' time that they're moving forward, um, and they're going to keep Andy Reid there to nurture this young quarterback. So no matter what Andy Reid would have done in that playoff game, that was the plan all along, in my opinion. So that that was how it all worked out. Whatever there Alex was Smith did, left on that contract, but they gave him four additional years for Alex Smith when they go, went over to Washington – Listen, I, you know, he's an older guy, so that's kind of surprising to me, but sure, I, you know, fine. I, I, I'm going to say this. I, I think it was a complete implosion that I'm not going to even put blame on any specific coaching, but I do think that now everyone in that organization is on notice. That was unacceptable. I don't even know. I mean, all, all they had to do was hand off the ball, just run out the clock. That's all they had to do, and they won the game. It's unbelievable. Uh, none of the other free agents are fantasy relevant except for Albert Wilson, so I stand by my words. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Yeah. And I'm going to continue talking because – Guess what, everybody? We are lucky enough again to have HelloFresh as our sponsor, which is really exciting because we're all kind of groupies of it because it is delicious. If you want $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code HERFFB30. Now, we all here love HelloFresh. It's super convenient. The selection is phenomenal. There are flexible plans, simple yet notable recipes that your whole family can enjoy. And in my case, that family 
family is me and my hubby. For Courtney, that is her hubby and her two kids. There's literally a plan for everyone. There are three plans that you can choose from. There's a classic, the veggie, and the family. Everything is chef curated. Now, my favorite part is that it takes away the need to meal plan, make grocery lists, grocery shop. You get to try new things, which is fun, and become a better cook. The classic plan has a variety of meat, fish, seasonal produce. The veggie plans feature plant-based proteins, grains, and also seasonal produce. The family meals are made with everyone in mind. Now, you choose a delivery date that works best for you. You can pause it in the weeks when you don't need it. And when you're out of town, I know that Ashley travels a lot, so sometimes she has to pause it. And that's great because then yep. you can just start it right up again. Everything's pre-measured, super handy little meal kits delivered right to your door. So, like, who doesn't love that? I especially love the one-pot meals. I had I talked about the delicious shrimp lo mein that I had uh, last week when we were talking, or the last show when we were talking about HelloFresh. Uh, but tonight I'm going to get off the the horn and I'm going to do the southwestern stuffed peppers, which is one of my favorites. And here's the good thing: you can actually um, like recipes and attribute uh, attribute a rating to them, and then have them happen again as you have HelloFresh over and over again, which is something that I do. So we always, when it's available, get the Southwest uh, stuffed peppers. It's made with beef. So if you're vegetarian, that doesn't work, but it is yummy. Ashley, what's one of your favorites? Oof. We had a really yummy uh, chicken sausage ravioli two Ooh. weeks ago. That was delicious. Really, really good. We actually had some, uh, Mushu pork tacos, which I was surprised Ooh. my husband hates mushrooms, but and like a lot of the ingredient is diced up mushrooms, and he loved it. And I was like, "Wow, all right." Ooh. I was I was holding my breath, and I'm like, "Ooh, I don't think we realize this was so heavy mushroom based," but he loved it. It's good. We do also the buttered up steak. We love that one a lot. Yeah, I actually don't like mushrooms either, and that's one of my favorite recipes that they have is the mushu pork. Tacos. The mushu pork, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't really, like mushrooms, really try it. What about yeah. you, Courtney? I just made the tortilla soup one pot thing, Brandon, you were just talking about. And um, it was amazing. I'm trying to cut back on my meat. So I got the veggie plan for the family. And it's great. I was able to put in some shredded turkey from the leftover Thanksgiving right into it for the kids. And it came with every, it was amazing. It was really good. Everybody enjoyed it. And there was plenty leftover too. Yeah. So that's just the family. Portions are big. Yeah. Yeah, Portions are big. Yeah, so it's really yummy. So again, guys, really, we all actually eat it, so we're not lying to you. It's, like, delicious. And if you want $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, all you have to do is go to HelloFresh.com and enter HerFFB30. Again, HerFFB30, $30 off. You'll be happy you did. Yay. Now, something I would get I was not happy about was the Atlanta Falcons, the Los Angeles Rams game. Aha, but Ashley called it. I did call did. it. Yeah, I did. She Ashley did. actually had a good postseason. She called mm-hmm. a lot of this. Stuff. I did call a lot of it. Actually, and I called the Eagles winning too. It's because Ashley has no soul. So she picks all the teams that are soulless. Yeah, that's the key, the Courtney. That is the key to good picks is having no soul and bringing no emotion into it. Good job. I will say, I did get burned a couple times. So I generally take the better quarterback. This was our debate is, is Matt Ryan actually a better quarterback than Jared Goff at the moment? That was the biggest debate that we had. I would say no. Household. I don't think this game told us anything. I'm actually but it excited. gave me experience. I went off experience to say, you know what? That's right. There's something about experience having yep. been here before. And this is what gave me the edge for Matt Ryan, which is why I chose the Falcons. And they pulled it out. I'll let you continue. Well, I don't want to talk too much because I I actually have both of these teams. So I'm going to try to condense this a little bit here. Here's the deal. The Atlanta Falcons move forward with their mediocrity, and that's what they do. Okay? Like, nothing was – 
exceptionally uh, impressive about them. Um, listen, Matt Ryan, 218 yards and a touchdown. Yawn. Devontae Freeman carried the ball 18 times with 66 yards and a touchdown with one catch for three yards. That's fine. That's good. Uh, Tevin Coleman, 14 carries for 40 yards, three catches for 28 yards. I'm bringing him up because in the next game, he actually did better than De mm -hmm. uh, Devontae Freeman. Cooper is just like, you guys, I mean, if you're in a dynasty format and someone believes in Austin Hooper, you should trade him away immediately. I have seen nothing that tells me that this is going to get better. Three catches, uh, three catches for 15 yards here. I'm just so bored even talking about this. I will say, though, that our favorite flex play of the year, Muhammad Sanu, balled out again. Four passes for 75 yards. Again, flex, baby. I didn't say he was your number one or number two or even number three wide receiver, but your flex He's perfection. And then so you have to be uh, careful with Muhammad Sanu. When you mean four passes, you mean he caught four passes, not through four passes. True, because it could he's be that, that talented. That's right. Yes. So true, Courtney. I yeah. need to mm -hmm. double double threat. Very clear. Because mm -hmm. we all know mm -hmm. Muhammad Sanu has a perfect passer rating in the NFL. Still right. one of my favorite yeah. fun facts. Gosh, he should <laughs> probably get a Jimmy Garoppolo worth deal. Yeah, he probably mm -hmm. could make $139 million. Um, Julio Jones caught nine passes for 94 yards at a touchdown, which was great. It was nice to see him in the end zone. So that's the good news. That's, here's my problem with Julio Jones. He's a fantastic athlete, and we're supposed to be talking about this from a fantasy perspective. We kept seeing it in the playoffs. It is true, but he will continue to be frustrating as long as Matt Ryan's there, as long as he's in Atlanta Falcon, and that is not ending anytime soon. So you either are along for the ride or you're not. It's pretty clear what's happening. So uh, everything was consistent. And again, Matt Bryant, four field goals. Can I get a what, what? Oh. Uh, quickly about the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, is that really, they actually didn't mess up. If you watch the game, it was all special teams. And poor Farrell Cooper had two turnovers that just were um, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Farrell Cooper was in the Pro Bowl as a special teamer. He was amazing all year, and special teams was one of the things they were the best at. Mm -hmm. Literally, you guys, the Los Angeles Rams, a great special teams team. So it was like they couldn't get into their game plan because they kept losing the ball. I mean, it just wasn't possible. Layoffs are a different beast. Different beast. And that's where the experience came in, and you were totally right, Ashley, because that just and, – and then it was just they couldn't catch up. And no one really had, like, a bad game, but no one was fantastic. I, you know, Jared Goff threw for 259 yards and a touchdown. It was Cooper Cup who scored that touchdown. Uh, again, my favorite 14th-round pick, uh, eight passes for 69 yards. I think that he is going to be a big player next year. I am worried about his ADP, so I'm not going to say whether or not you should draft him yet because now the cat's out of the bag. Her right. fantasy football was on this early, but now everybody knows. I do think he's the possession receiver moving forward, although Robert Woods might be your ADP hero because, again, that guy caught nine catches for 142 yards. Mm. Yep. However, a couple things happen. Uh, oh, I want to say Todd Gurley is amazing. There's nothing else to talk about. He was amazing Given. this game, too, over 100 yards, yeah. whatever. Even on 14 carries. Give me a break. But I will say this. Tyler Higby dropped a touchdown that could have maybe won the game. The tight end situations there is dubious from a fantasy perspective. I still think right. Gerald Everett is going to be the guy moving forward, and I think the, the Tyler Higby drop may have just solidified it. B. Uh, Sammy Watkins had one catch in this particular game. He is um, possibly a free agent next year. Now, I am under the impression, and so are other people, that they're going to franchise tag him, which why not? They don't really lose anything with that. Uh, but I still don't think that his role is going to improve to the point where you're going to want him, and I think he may be one of the more overdrafted people based off of his draft stock and what people thought of him when he was a bill. So I'm just putting up some warning flags now.
But we'll see. Who knows where Zayp is going to follow? I still don't we'll know if it's worth yeah, it. He, well, it wasn't. He didn't do much this year for yeah. it to be too high. I don't think so. We'll see. Well, let's talk about those Bills. The Buffalo Bills, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Ashley. Well, not a whole lot happened in this game with a score yeah. of 10-3. So, <laughs> you know. This was lot. the best game. This um, was the best game. This was the game. best game. It was it, yeah, yeah. Sean McCoy had the best game, uh, rushing 19 times for 75 yards, and then also team high catch, six catches for 44 yards. Um, again, there wasn't much to say about Buffalo from this stand. I had the other team as well, so I'll cover a little bit more there. But the biggest thing to note for Buffalo um, was this was their first postseason appearance since 1999. And it was incredibly exciting for them to get to the playoffs. And I loved the bills that a lot of bills fans donated to Andy Dalton's charity as a thank yeah. you. It was just a classic NFL fandom moment. And it was just glorious. So I think to me, that was the most exciting best part was just kind of that journey that they had to get into the playoffs and how exciting that was. And then of course they were one and done, but um, still exciting. If we talk about the free agents for this uh, team, it's Jordan Matthews. Who's 25. Deontay Thompson, wide receiver at 28. Mike Tolbert, who's always an interesting fullback uh, at age 32, but he's getting a little bit older here. Taiwan Jones, running back 29. Tavarius Cadet, running back 29. Um, there's been no definitive word on any of these guys' statuses at all. But the one I do want to talk about is Tyrod Taylor, because that's what we do when it comes to the Bills. We talk about Tyrod Taylor. So mm -hmm. he has said that he will not take a pay cut to remain with the Bills. Taylor wants to stay in Buffalo, but I am not sure how likely that actually is. The Bills can save $15 million for making Tyrod Taylor um, a post-June cut, and they likely will move on. So they will save $15 million if they do that. I do think they will do that. The Broncos, they were interested in Tyrod in 2015. So they have been talked about as a potential spot where he could land if the Bills do cut him, which I do think is very likely. Now, again, Kirk Cousins been talked in that in that realm as well. Who knows? But they did have an interest in Tyrod Taylor, so that's interesting. Now, when Coach Sean McDermott was asked about Tyrod Taylor's future in Buffalo, he said, "I'm not going to get into Tyrod Taylor's future." Um, then, while adding that the team will continue to evaluate, so I think, of course, he, that's how it always is. That They're means bye, him. bye, bye, Tyrod. So he's he's not going to be a Bill next year. So I'll be really intrigued to see where he lands, and I'll be really intrigued to see the value for any of these guys, other than potentially Lashawn McCoy, who I guess the Eagles tried to get in the acquisition trade with Jordan Matthews. They wanted uh, Lashawn McCoy back, but that didn't happen. Um, but you got Nathan Peterman. Didn't do great. Now I'm sure he'll do better, a little better next year, but didn't do great. He went in again in the playoffs and threw another pick. Yep, I know. I mean, didn't do great. Oh, I feel didn't bad do great. for him. It's true. You know what they got? They but they but they still are going to boot Tyrod Taylor. There's I nothing know. this guy can do, and all I can hope is that he can find an organization that will do something similar to what I would say the Vikings did with Case Keenum: is play to the strength of your quarterback or what. You know, the Eagles did. When Foles went in, they didn't sit there and try to force a game plan that they had done with Carson Wentz. They went back and looked at film from when Foles was successful and said, okay, we're going to implement a lot of the style and strategies that they use when you were successful. That's and that is why the coaching. Eagles want. That is called coaching, not this is my style and everyone has to fit to it. It's like, no, you coach the players and the skill sets that they have. It drives me insane. I have two quick things. One, I think Tyrod Taylor is a winner. I know it's like a weird cliche phrase, but I do think he's a winner. And there's just something about him that I've always like. Be, um, is Jordan Matthews the oldest 25 year old ever? I feel like he's right? been I know. You said but 25. I, I was like, what? I had to double check the age. I was like, he's only 25 years old. 
Huh. That's so crazy. Yeah, I feel the same way that he's been playing for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but free agent. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. He didn't do a whole lot this year. Didn't do a whole lot at all. So to me, there's just kind of a bad juju about wide receivers in Buffalo. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not into it. Anyway, onto the Jags. This uh, game was incredibly, um, was not incredibly fantasy relevant in terms of, you know, the only player to catch a touchdown was Ben Koyak. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the most interesting part of this game to me was the fact that Blake Bortles had more rushing yards than passing yards. It was actually an entertaining game to watch, but he had more rushing yards than passing yards, albeit only by one yard. He had 88 rushing yards uh, off 10 rush attempts, and then he was 12 for 23 for 87 yards. So, but still more rushing than passing. Uh, the game was tied 3-3 at halftime, and it wasn't until late in the third quarter, which was basically a 15-play drive um, of Bortles, which was a nice 86-yard coverage there, in which he threw a one-yard touchdown to Mr. Ben, um, with only 49 seconds left in the third quarter. So Buffalo was not able to answer, and off the Jags go to the Steelers. It was, uh, it was for me, a fun game because I was really rooting for the Jags, and so it was kind of fun to see them win. I was, too. This is one of the yeah. ones I was right on. Well, yeah. it happened, right? All right, we've got the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. The Panthers, let's see. Hmm. The Panthers just couldn't get ahead. Four field goals in the first three quarters just isn't going to cut it in playoffs except if you're in that last game ironically the only guy scoring points in the first three quarters is the guy who's the free agent graham gano might be switching teams but the remaining offense will stay intact this offseason which is great this is a young team they have lots of opportunities i think it's good that they're all staying together um it wasn't until the fourth quarter when Cam connected with his estranged tight end, Greg Olson, for a touchdown, bringing the Panthers within a score. So it was possible. But then the Saints scored a touchdown, bringing the lead to 12 points with five minutes left. Christian McCaffrey scored um, his first playoff touchdown, but it wasn't enough. As we all know, the Panthers lost. No surprise. So, I mean, obviously they're going to need some wide receiver help. They have to get wide receivers. Not that Cam Newton would know what to do with that because he's never had that. But they have to find something this offseason. They're gonna. I would think they're gonna get like a veteran. You know, I think Randall Cobb's available. Mike Wallace. I mean, these aren't like huge players anymore. Jordan Matthews. I know, right? He's up there. <laughs> he is. That's so funny. He just seems like one of those guys who's almost thirty. It's so crazy. But they need somebody that's kind of a veteran to like help that receiving core because these young guys just are not cutting it. So obviously the biggest deal for the Panthers is the fact that the team is going to be sold, seeing how the owner is under investigation for inappropriate conduct against several female employees. So changes. Well, now are he's coming. relinquishing. He's selling the team. So who knows? Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They're selling. Is the it going to be P Diddy? I hope it's P Diddy. It won't be the Diddy. It's gotta that would be, be amazing. It won't be Diddy. He wants it. It's gotta be it's Diddy amazing. or Jay Z, because Jay Z says something about it too. Yeah, but mm. Diddy didn't even. What do you, What do you say? Just Carolina? I didn't even know. Like, no, like he was in North Carolina. He said one of the Carolinas. I didn't even know the actual name of the organization. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, okay, but do you think any of these guys like are passionate about the game? I would hope. I would hope they so. Did, if you're gonna own they a did team, resign Rivera for another. Um, two years which is great so that at least the players know that they have their coach 
you know. And they should. He's fantastic. Right. He's fantastic. But at least they know that, you know. Somebody's not going to come in and bring in all of their people or anything like that. Like, they have that. So that's that's good. All right, Ashley, how about the Saints? Well, obviously the Saints won, which – I, I don't know you ladies. I thought they were going to win. So I, I I had marked them down for winning this one. Uh, you know, it was a good game. Breeze passed 376 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, it was, again, a close game, 31 to 26. Um, you know, Breeze, two touchdowns, was an 80-yard touchdown to Ted Ginn, who had a really fantastic postseason, I'd like to talk mention, uh, which is really interesting. And I don't know if you ladies had some of these players on your team where they were used in the regular season, but for whatever reason, they just – up to the volume come postseason. I think it's because again is a veteran, like you're speaking to Courtney, that there's just something about the playoffs and having been there that someone like Brees has that confidence to throw it to Gen and know he's not gonna bobble it in the moment in that spotlight. That he's he's been there before and he feels good about it. So um and then the other touchdown was the exact opposite to rookie Alvin Kamara, uh, who ran for a short touchdown. So and then also, excuse me, Josh Hill who had a nine-yard touchdown. Um yeah, Michael Thomas had a great game, 131 yards. Ted Ginn, 115. Brandon Coleman at 44. Willie Sneed, again, classic, just basically one target because <laughs> that's what he did all season long if he even got targeted at all. Uh, Josh Hill, again, touchdown, 49 yards. Um, the running game really couldn't get it going this game, which I thought was really interesting. Ingram um, only had 22 yards rushing, then 13 yards uh, in the air. Kamara rushed 10 times, but only for 23 yards, and then only had 10 yards. They just couldn't get it together, which I was really surprised, but they were still able to pull this victory out. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Alvin Kamara has to be the best pickup of 2017 fantasy, right? Mm, has uh, best draft yeah. pick ever. Best ever. And do you love that two out of the three running backs for the NFC and the Pro Bowl were Saints? Yeah. I love that. The two out of the three were science. It's great. Have you seen, you guys have to watch um, where Dax and Ellen DeGeneres' like assistant goes to the Super Bowl. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. And there's like this pregame thing where like they get to like throw balls and the, the, they, have, they have remote controls to like fake players that can tackle them or get in their way. And their Drew Brees is there, right? And so one of these tackling bags comes back, gets Drew Brees and totally knocks him on his butt. <laughs> but you gotta watch it. The whole scene's uh, so funny. Drew Brees can't keep his life together with these two that are like awful. It's just it's amazing. All right, let's move on to the next round of playoffs. We have the Atlanta Falcons, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think we know what happens in this game. I think we're pretty sure, but I'll tell you what, being pedestrian finally came back to bite them in the bud uh, as they went up against the future world champions. But, uh, you know, listen, this is the problem with the Falcons. This was very uh, predictable. They they grind it out sometimes and other times like, wow, what a complete disappointment. Again, Matt Ryan, 210 yards and a touchdown. Hello? <laughs> I mean, huh. We're going to talk later about people that are overpaid. And I'm not going to say Matt Ryan is particularly overpaid, but there was a time where he was one of the most paid quarterbacks of all time because it was his contract was up. And I get that. But like 210 yards and a touchdown. I just, it's it's the playoffs. But anyway, uh, Philly D is great against the run. One of the best. Freeman only put up seven yards on 10 carries. <laughs> but he did yeah. fare better, actually, uh, with the pass. Um, he got uh, a... He actually put up uh, five catches for 26 yards, and the team's only touchdown, oddly enough, was a catch from Devontae Freeman. So, you know, it was a weird game. Uh, yes. Tevin Coleman actually fared better on the ground. He uh, also had 10 carries but went for 79 yards. Julio, again, nine catches for 100 yard, 101 yards. Uh, Sanu, three catches for 50 yards, uh, pretty normal. Uh, 
listen, the Eagles really good. So there you go. Um, that's called hashtag analysis. Eagles are really good. Hashtag destiny. Hashtag destiny <laughs> is right. Um, and so as far as the like free agency for this particular team going forward, a lot of people think that, or at least did think that they were going to trade away Tevin Coleman. And now it's looking like they're very set on having both of these backs all the time, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because I think Tevin Coleman will continue to be a value. And I actually think Devin or Devonte Freeman's value is going to go down a little bit um, for ADP. They actually might be both good plays for fantasy purposes next year because they will still be together, but don't go out in dynasty and trade for him thinking he's going to be the lead back somewhere else. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. No one else is incredibly relevant except, for because we care about kickers matt bryant who's classic but he's 42 years old still this getting done still gonna done i mean he is but this might be the end of the road but do watch if you uh play with kickers boom the eagles so this was the game that nick Foles really showed everyone that he's here to play uh and that we should stop doubting him in my opinion this was the game where i felt like okay they could do it. They, they could get there. All right. Um, I will admit that I had doubts initially that I was like, you know what? Okay. Maybe fools can win a couple games after Wentz goes out. I just don't know if they're going to get there in the playoffs. Cause again, I do think experience in playoffs helps. Now grand Foles is a, a pretty vet in terms of when it comes to a backup quarterback. Um, and he has had some success in this league, but for me, I thought this was the game where I think he really showed everybody that they should stop doubting him. Although many still did doubt him. Um, they were underdogs throughout the entire playoffs, despite having the best record of the NFC. So I thought that was really interesting. Foles had several long drives in this game. Um, I'd say most notably of that would be a 74 and 80 yard drives in the second half. Jake Elliott, uh, he had missed a point after, uh, but he redeemed himself converting three field goals, including drilling a 53 yard field goal at the end of the second quarter, which I believe was the longest of a rookie in a playoff game, if I recall correctly. Um, and the defense was Sounds spot right. on. Um, they were spot on helping them pull out the 15, 10 victory. So again, this was kind of a hard fought game. Again, no one had an insane game. Foles was 246, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Ajayi had 54 yards rushing, 44 yards uh, off the pass. Ashal Jeffrey, 61. Nelson Aguilar, 24, but also had 20 yards rushing. Ertz, 32. Blunt had a touchdown, 19 yards. It was just kind of an average game, but I think it was one of those games that they kind of proved that they can grind it out, that, they, that they're here to play. So um, another good win by the Eagles. On they go to the Vikings. On they go. On they go. Tennessee Titans, the New England Patriots. Well, this game was a doozy <laughs> for the Titans. Uh, they started off strong, putting the first points on the board with a 15-yard pass to their future, Corey Davis. Um, then the Titans took a little break from football. <laughs> they didn't need to continue to play that against the Patriots. They scored 35 points in a row. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think at that point, I mean, really after this probably – Point twenty, we all knew, right? I mean, the Titans have gone as far as they can go. You know, it's just they had they no shot limits. at this. They had no they shot at this game. <laughs> One touchdown and done, kind of scenario. Oops, Are you on you? Oh, she's muted. She muted. Hello. So sad. There she is. Oh, oh I'm sorry to say, you guys, you missed it. Yes. 
Oh, I see your true colors shining through. I see your yes. true colors. It was and that's why I love Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you guys, that was so who so the Titans good. were. Gross. It was, it, was expected. it was expected, though. I don't think anybody thought that they had a shot at being the Patriots. No, no. I mean, if you did, I want whatever you're using. Right. Because that sounds like a good time. Um, I think for sympathy, the Patriots let the Titans score at the end. Another touchdown to Corey Davis with less than two minutes on the clock. So obviously it was just like, let him play. Um, and now Eric Decker is a free agent this year. So I could see the Titans picking up another veteran as well as a wide receiver. We talked about some of those possible big name wide receivers that are available. Um, and Sammy Watkins could even go. Who knows? Maybe they won't franchise tag him and somebody will pay way too much money for him. Titans, like, I think they're the kind of people that would do that. So you never know. Um, they changed up the coaching staff. This, so hopefully there'll be some more consistency with the Tennessee Titans going forward because God knows. They have everybody they need. You know, like, it's like they have a decent on team. Pa on paper, they do. On paper. But it's just like, oof. Really, really depressing to watch. Hmm. All right, the Patriots, Brandon. Mm, well, also depressing is having to watch the Patriots always march easily into the Super Bowl. And man, the Tennessee Titans did that. Uh, this game had no business being televised, and it shouldn't have even taken a space in your brain. It makes me really sad. Um, Mercy rule? A, I mean, come on. It was just a joke from the get-go. It just... I mean, again, Tennessee Titans, way to, way to do that big first strike. Bye. Uh, Brady put 339 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. P.S. There was a lot of hoopla, remember, about Tom Brady's hands, that he was maybe not mm -hmm. going to play, that it was going to be Brian Hoyer and all this drama, drama, drama. And so it was a cut. Uh, but moreover, and what we all should have definitely known, is that supposedly it came from running into Rex Burkhead. Yeah. And that he was so going to punish Burkhead for it. Oh, did he? Because Burke has barely even on the stat sheet for the playoffs, you guys. Like, barely even there. So uh, always pay attention. It's not narrative street if it matters. And Bill Belichick, if his running back messes up, he is the person who basically uh, is the OG of the cut off their hands if they fumble the ball. So uh, he has no mercy, and he definitely did not show Rex that to Rex Burkhead. Got his hands yeah. cut off. Boom. Uh, Deion Lewis, however, uh, carried the ball 15 times with 62 yards, caught nine passes for 79 yards. What's interesting is if you guys remember that her fantasy football show, we talked about this. I kept saying he's actually very good at catching passes on a percentage basis. I was surprised mm. they didn't use him more like that. And they did use him like that in the playoffs. But again, it doesn't really matter. Because all touchdowns go to James White in the postseason. No one them. knows why the guy Mr. isn't there all season. Mm -hmm. Don't draft James White again saying, oh, but this time's different. No, he just comes out in the postseason. I don't have any like answers to why, but that is the truth. Um, four carries, 11 yards. And the Patriots have stages of football throughout the year of what they're going to do. And yep. White is that's when he's useful. And and they plan like they assume they're going to be in the postseason. They assume they're going to be well, in the Well, when you football. pay against Titans. Yeah, and you're yeah. welcome. It worked out. Also, another guy only shows up in playoffs, Danny Amendola. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
11 passes, 112 yards. Gronk caught six for 81. Hogan, though, only one catch for four yards, but it was a touchdown. And then Brandon Cooks caught three passes for 32 yards. And I'm going to say this from a fantasy perspective. I don't know what to tell you about Chris Hogan and Brandon Cooks. I think they're the new Patriots running backs that drive us crazy, but they're receivers. Very frustrating. All right, we'll move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Game was crazy. <laughs> the Jags were like, they were my team throughout the playoffs that I was really, really rude for. I should let that be known, at least from the AFC perspective. Um, the game was certainly better than the matchup they had earlier in the year in which the Jags beat the Steelers by three touchdowns, which I think people thought was just kind of a, a shock. They're like, I don't, that won't happen again. There's no way that could happen again. I predicted the Jags would beat the Steelers, which um, earlier before the pro season, I was like, you know, I think the Steelers could actually get to the Super Bowl. And then I was like, you know what? The Jags, I don't know. I think they, I got this. Uh, and I like to point out the Jags won this game. This, this was definitely a game in which the Steelers, you know, it wasn't like they dropped the ball. The Jags won this game. Ben Roethlisberger had an amazing game. He threw for 469 yards in this game. He set a franchise Nuts. record five passing for five touchdowns uh the Jags defense was solid as ever Ben was intercepted once and he did they did force a fumble which was returned for a touchdown but the Jags defense have been good all year long this is what was to be expected and the surrounding players were great Antonio Brown showed up he had seven catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns Le'Veon Bell had 155 yards total offense and two scores it wasn't like their players didn't show up and play they did they got not beat. on defense, not on defense, but this offense showed up and they got beat at the end of the day. That's what it was. Uh, and, and running was the name of the game. Leonard Fournette dominated the running game with 109 yards, three touchdowns. TJ Yeldon also played a significant role. He brushed five times for 20 yards and a touchdown and caught three catches for 57 yards. It was a running kind of game, a uh, good clock management. Blake Bortles was 14 of 26 for 214 yards and a touchdown. And then again, he continued his rushing prowess for 35 yards. Um, the receivers really didn't do much in this game. Lee caught 28 yards. Uh, Westbrook had only eight yards. Keelan Cole, 45. Alan Hearns, 12. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot going on from a receiver standpoint. But this was, again, a really solid rush defense what we were expecting how jags have got here in the first place they played jack ball and they won so off they go to the yeah. patriots yeah jag ball i like that well, jag, ball. Right. Yeah, jag ball yeah jag ball who knew i mean that's that's what we want to see it's a thing uh defense lost this game period and yep. stop if you let the jacksonville jaguars score 45 points on you you deserve to lose and there is no other option for you sorry that's how life works End of discussion. Um, I will uh, say this, though, that, of course, that means that Todd Haley needed to get fired. (laughs) So offensive coordinator Todd Haley was fired. Now he is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. This is not about the Cleveland Browns, but I am going to say this real quick. I believe that actually Cleveland Browns will have more fantasy relevance because of Todd Haley being there. I agree. I I like Todd Haley. I do, too. And I don't think they're but I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. So I think Hugh Jackson will still get fired. And then this is what um, Todd Haley is going to do. Give me the keys. Give me the keys. Give I think Todd key. Haley is the next. It could be, uh, it could be a good move. I do too. I think this is actually intriguing. Same division, also intriguing. But moving on to what happened. The people that balled out, balled out. Okay. Le'Veon Bell, good at football. Uh, Antonio Brown, good at football. Ben Roethlisberger, when um, impassioned, 
is good at football. Uh, I'll say this, though. Vance McDonald, surprisingly, 10 catches for 112 yards. Martavis Bryant only caught two catches, but they went for 78 yards and one for a touchdown. Eli Rogers caught five passes for 42 yards. Unfortunately, Juju Smith-Schuster only caught three passes for five yards, uh, but at least one of those passes. But they didn't even need it. Everybody else is balling out. They didn't need it. There was so much offense in this game. It was bananas. Um, Le'Veon Bell is obviously the largest free agent story ever. And before the game, he came out and said that if they franchise tag him again, that he's going to sit out the season, that he would consider that for sure. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they are going to pay him. I just think it's absurd. There's just that. And I understand he has some like marijuana issues uh, and whatnot, but I, I just think this is absurd. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is not a free agent, but they are looking at refiguring his contract. Uh, I will say that Eli Rogers, poor Eli Rogers, actually tore his ACL in the final Aww. drive of the game, and he's a restricted yeah. free agent. It's the worst possible timing. This year was his last year of his rookie contract. I don't think they really need him there, but I do think he's an interesting guy who could get picked up elsewhere, and I do think that he would be an interesting add for very, very cheap on a dynasty league if you're doing some moving and shaking right now. Um Chris Boswell is also a free agent. He's a really good kicker, and he's only 26. I do think that they will try to keep him. God, there's so many kickers that are free agents this They're year. all like, yeah, so many free agents. I guess they have short contracts. I, I don't care it. where Chris Boswell goes. I will stick with Chris Boswell from any sort of fantasy perspective. He's very good. Yeah. yeah. He'd actually almost be better on a different team because they do so many two-point conversions. And, and they're always outside in that cold. Steelers. Yeah. But he's a great kicker. Boom. Yeah. All right. Well, we have the New Orleans Saints, the Minnesota Vikings. Real quick, we have a listener that actually just gave this amazing story who's listening right now, Jeff Groton. He said that he watched the Saints-Vikes game from Champs in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And he said a third of the place left after the Lutz uh, kick gave the Saints the lead. And uh, yes. they were brushing their snow off their cars when Diggs and missed it. Touchdown. Yes! <laughs> in oh, Minnesota! No. sad! So anyway, go that ahead. Greatest game of playoff history that wasn't the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Sorry. So good. Such so a great, good. such a great game. Such a so fun. Uh, I work for people. But that, it's two great teams too. So it's like I don't know about you, ladies, but I kind of went in with like I don't care who wins because I will enjoy either one winning because they're yeah. so good homey teams that make you feel good. These are the teams. So it was and good. fun from a fantasy perspective. Like we all won yeah. with them on our teams. It's yes. cool. Yeah. And I will say, and, and this could be controversial, but to me, when I watched this game, this was not a game that was lost, right? This was just an amazing game with an amazing play at the end. Um, but again, this was a really good game and it was back and forth and the excitement came in the last minute of the game, as Brandon said, and, and as, as our listeners said as well, as they're scraping off their snow. Oh, they must be so mad at themselves. Uh, but Drew Brees drove the Saints into position for Will Lutz, who has been fantastic all year long, to nail the go-ahead 43-yard field goal. Uh, this left the Vikings with only 25 seconds to see if they could answer. And the momentum was on the side of the Saints, who had rallied from a 17-point deficit. So to me, I didn't think the Vikings were going to pull it off because, again, the momentum was certainly in the Saints' favor at this point in time. The Vikings were out of timeouts. They needed a miracle. And you got Case Keenum, who nobody's going to sit there and think is going to deliver a miracle for you. They don't. But he dropped back with 10 seconds left in, in the game uh, from his own 39-yard line, and then he threw to the sideline to Diggs, again, trying to preserve time, hoping Diggs would go out. But Diggs, he was nearly tackled by two different players, um, kept his feet in bounds and raced untouched to the end zone for 
the most insane, Amazing. awesome playoff play. It was, I, I felt the energy here in Colorado. And I, and I have a lot of friends and where people in Minnesota and I was just like losing it. Like they have to be out of their mind right now. It was just, I mean, it was such, it was amazing, miracle accomplished. It just, and it, and it kind of gave you that, that feel. I felt like the Eagles for me, the Eagles, the Jags, and uh, the Vikings just had that vibe about them where you're just like, something is just like in the air for these teams, you know, and this, and it was just that feeling was still that they were destined to do well. Um, it was just awesome. But in terms of for the Saints, you know, again, they had a good game. Breeze, 294 yards, three touchdowns. He had two interceptions, but again, decent, still decent. Camara, 43 yards, 62 yards in the air and a touchdown. Thomas had 85 yards and two touchdowns. Ginn had 72 yards. Uh, Ingram, 25 yards, so he didn't have the best game. Uh, I mean, they all had good games. And I want to say Josh Hill had three catches for 54 yards. Um, so that brings me to the free agents for this team, because again, we're talking about free agents once the team gets booted. So we all know Drew Brees is a free agent. Mm. Age 39. Um, no one really expects that Drew Brees is going to leave, I don't think. I mean, I think everyone's going to think he's going to sign about a two-year deal. Brees says he has no intention to test the free agency market. And then he wants to resign with the Saints before the start of the year. Um, and this is a quote from him. I'm not in the mood to make anything secretive. It's the same way I felt two days ago. It's the same way I felt 12 years ago. That this is um, that is that I'll be here as long as they'll have me, hopefully. Um, so he cannot be franchise tagged, I will say. But I think they're going to work out a deal. Um, and I think the main goal will be, again, just some guaranteed money for him. And, you know, they should work out a deal for him. It's great. The only other free agents on this team is John Kuhn, fullback 35, who's also another really intriguing fullback that seems to just kind of bounce from team to team and seems to help out in random moments. But And then a lot of defensive players. Um, so, Kobe Fleener. Tolbert, they're both so old. We're going to might lose them. Like, those are the guys that I know, they've been like over at the, at the goal line every they, time. Yeah. What will we do? They've been mainstays, you know? Yeah. But seriously. Kobe oh, Flaner is highly, highly unlikely Kobe Flaner is going to return to the Saints uh, on his current deal. Uh, and why would they? Because Josh Hill has been clearly better. And he played a really big role in the playoffs. So I think that all but sealed the deal there that that's over with. And then I want to give, obviously, the shout out to Alvin Kamara, who was named 2017 Rookie of the Year uh, for offense, and then Marshawn, sorry, Rookie of the Year, and then Marshawn Lattimore, 2017 Defensive Rookie of the Year, who had a fantastic season as well. Um, this was just an awesome team who got beat on a miracle play, and it was a great game, and it was really fun to watch. So I do want to say one thing, though. I actually figured out that I thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to win when Tom Brady won the MVP. Have you noticed over the last few years when the quarterback runs in MVP, they never win the Super Bowl. They don't win the Super Bowl. Yep. Mm -hmm. No one's ever won the Super Bowl who's won the MVP of the year. Literally none. Uh huh. No. Wow. One's so they ever should done. just and they should just continue to give Tom Brady MVP. Yes. Yeah. Every year. And if I'm Alabama, if Alabama wins, then the Patriots don't win in the Super Bowl. And that happened too. It's all they've never that both coaches mm. have never won in the same year. So that is interesting. It was Courtney. destiny for the Patriots not to win. Have we ever seen them in the same room? <laughs> all the other friends. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like the Belichick of college football. He's I know. Very, I know. Yeah, I know. Nick Saban. Yeah. No, yeah. I was just kidding. I was making a joke, but I was no, like, yeah. let's take this a step further. <laughs> 
Dun dun dun. We should have some La- Law and Order music. We should. Oh, seriously, when we talk about the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, sorry the Vikings. Yeah, again, I already, already covered the, t- the entire game, and you know, obviously, uh, the Vikings move on, and it was a great game. So perfect. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the championship round with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New England Patriots. Oh, they were so close. This is the write-up where Patriot fans may feel like I'm being unfair. And that's fair because I'm usually unfair <laughs> when it comes to Patriots uh, games. <clears throat> so I'm sorry. Um, but I have the Jags and they play the Patriots. So we're going to talk about the Jags here first. Uh, the Jags led the game early, 2010, which again is not actually uncommon in recent years when it comes to Patriots in the playoffs in terms of teams taking a little bit of a lead on the Patriots. Not uncommon. Mm-hmm. They co- usually come back. They're never worried about it. Um, but again, early in the fourth quarter, the score was 2010. But they couldn't maintain their lead throughout the whole game. Um, the defending champions ultimately um, won, and they lost the Patriots. So there was naturally some controversies, I would say, in this game, in which pretty mm. much no penalties were called on the Patriots because apparently the Patriots commit absolutely no penalties ever at any point in time. Um, the refs blew a fumble down on the Jags early that they had run back for a touchdown. Uh, Cooks betted from a pretty ridiculous pass interference call from A.J. Bowie. Uh you know, the usual sway in, in Patriot games. But at the end of the day, the Pats pulled it out uh, with strong performances from, as Brian mentioned, Mr. Playoffs, James White and Amendola. Uh, Bortles did, you know, he held his own in this game and, he, you know, he threw some pretty dead on passes, which I was actually surprised. Some really nice passes down the sideline. Um, they just couldn't pull it out. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they just couldn't do it. Um, but I do feel like they should have won this game personally. I don't know what you ladies felt, but that's what I felt when I saw this. So when it comes to the free agents on this team, the free agents are Chad Henney, interesting quarterback situation we have in this team, Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson. So you've got two pretty big wide receivers here on this team that are in free agency. Um, There's been a lot of talk about Blake Bortles this season and in the off season, and this is no different. So I'm talking a little about the contract here because this is important. Bortles fifth year option is only guaranteed for injury. So Jacksonville could move on from him without any um, hits to their cap in theory, like literally has zero cap impact if they were to to move on from Blake Bortles. Um, But Bortles has surgery on his right wrist after the season ended. He has been battling this wrist injury since 2016. So this isn't exactly like some magical injury that just popped up at the end of the season. So but he did have the surgery, which means, uh-oh, we've got that injury clause and that contract right there on their hands, which essentially locks the Jags to have to continue with Bortles and essentially commit to him as their quarterback. In order Amazing. for the Jags to have options, Bortles will have to pass a physical before March 14th, which is highly unlikely having just had surgery on his wrist. If he doesn't pass the physical, then Bortles is due $19 million. Good, he earned it. He did. did, I agree. He did earn it. But it's interesting because, again, there's been all this chatter and all this talk and people talking about Kirk Cousins should go to, uh, you know, the Bills or Eli Manning should go is a huge one. They've been saying, sorry, to the Jags, because obviously Tom Coughlin. And I kind of took offense to that. I'm like, you know what? Blake Bortles just took you to the AFC championship game. Is he the best quarterback in football? No, no one's going to argue that Blake Bortles is the best quarterback in football. But I don't think he gave you any reason to necessarily move on from him this year. Uh, he did have the surgery. They have said commit and say that Bortles is their guy. But again, who knows when that chatter is going to start. But they've kind of been forced to say Bortles is their guy because of this injury clause in the fifth year. 
that essentially they know he's not going to pass that physical. So it is what it is. So that's a pretty big one. Uh, the Jags could release Alan Hearns this offseason. If they released Hearns, they would free up $7 million in cap space. Hearns had missed 11 games due to injury uh, in the last two seasons. But with that said, he actually played a lot once he returned in the playoffs with D.D. Westbrook taking a bit of a back seat, which I found really interesting. Now, this could have really just been an audition, an audition reel for other teams. <laughs> um, so I think they'll probably move on from Alan Hearns. But he's an interesting play. So... Keep an eye on him because when he does play, he's actually pretty, pretty decent. He's pretty good. So I'm okay with that. And then it's also not expected that the Jags will re-sign Marquise Lee. They will more than likely opt to sign Allen Robinson overly. They aren't going to probably sign both. And Chris Ivory is also expected to be released. Uh, it seems pretty clear midseason that there was a shift to TJ Yeldon. And they also have Grant in the mix, obviously, to back up Leonard Fournette. So they're not going to have a need for Chris Ivory. So he will also more than likely be gone. Big switch up in the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is good, which is yeah. good. I think it's what they need because they have their key players. I think it's good to like switch out those supporting cast yeah. members. Yeah. All right, Brandon, what about the Patriots? I hope Marquise Lee goes to the Chicago Bears. Hmm. I mean, I need a wide receiver. Like Judgy. I was going to say, if you are not following them right now on Twitter, you need to. It is at Bortles Facts. And at Bortles Facts, they tweet uh, Blake Bortles Facts. And um, some of them are like very uh, funny, like this one here, which they've actually put on a mug (laughs) that they now sell, which is Blake Bortles is undefeated in 194 countries. (laughs) (laughs) or between Blake Bortles Uh, and Tom Brady, they have five championships. championships, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, one of the the interesting Blake Bortles facts though, that I want to just add on to Ashley's point here, Blake Bortles has zero interceptions in the playoffs. He did really well. He did. He He did did really well. well. And I think he very much earned some respect from that organization. And I hope that moves. And I hope, I hope he truly gets it. And it isn't just because, of the injury clause, essentially. Yeah. We'll see. So, time, time will tell. Hard to ignore what happened there. But you know what? Alex Smith is now in Washington. So who you knows know what? what happened? He has slightly more respect than Tyrod Taylor. So that's something. Oh, always more than Tyrod Taylor. Poor Tyrod <laughs> Taylor. Uh, all right. So New England Patriots, who always have respect all the time. Uh, you know, if you are 20, if you're ahead 2010 against the Patriots going to the fourth quarter, you do not have a lead. And this is just a public nope. service announcement. You just don't no. have a lead. You're actually tied at best at that score. Okay, uh, so of course, you know, Tom Brady threw for 290 yards, two touchdowns, Danny Mandola, obviously baller like we said, James White, baller like we said, it's just ridiculous. The big thing that happened here is that Rob Gronkowski got uh, a concussion early in the game. He only caught one pass to 21 yards, had to leave in the second quarter, uh, did not come back and barely got cleared out of concussion uh, after two weeks. That was his second concussion of the season. Now, on one hand, we watched uh tom versus time which we discussed on our last podcast when it was just me and ashley and so we know that rob gronkowski is a little more into nutrition and taking care of himself than maybe we had at first suspected so that's a good thing this concussion thing is different now we are going to have stefania bell friend of the show espn uh sports injury analyst amazingness uh she's gonna be on the show and i think we have to definitely pick her brain on this i'm a little worried about the concussion thing i think this was uh, a long time to get cleared for a concussion and again we've seen a lot of those that was really the big story here they went on to the super bowl i don't know sometimes i feel like it was a long time to get cleared for it because the patriots made it a long time to get cleared for it just like brady hurting his hand 
or like being True. questionable because okay. of because of his shoulder injury, mm-hmm. and you like see it on um, Tom versus Tom. He's like, I'm okay. I mean, uh, my shoulder's sore. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, and I forgot one big thing. Another mm-hmm. thing that we should have known forecasting: Dion Lewis fumbled in this game. Yeah. So of course the next game he sucks. I just want to put that out there. Oh, yeah. With a Belichick fumbles Juju. Fumbles and breaking Tom Brady. Can't do those two things. Can't do it. Back. Turns out. Can't do it. Not okay. Mm. Uh, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings and Philadelphia Eagles then. Because hmm? this Please. game um, was a surprising beatdown. I did not see this game coming at all. Um, This was actually the toughest game for me to call as to who I thought was going to win. Like I really struggled going back and forth. I did ultimately choose the Vikings. And so I was wrong here and boy, was I ever Uh, the final score was 38, seven, obviously with Philly winning. So uh, again, I don't think anyone saw that coming. The Vikings, uh, they started really strong uh, with a touchdown to Rudolph on an opening 75 yard drive. Like it looked strong when it started, but then it got ugly. Oof, that was the last time they were going to score. Um, Case Keenum didn't have a, a horrible game, not a great game. 271 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, he rushed 10 times for 40 yards, and then he caught 11 of his 12 targets, so he was very heavily used for 86 yards. Latavius Murray rushed six times, 18 yards. He didn't have a very strong um, postseason. Murray can do a little better. Stephon Diggs, 8 of 12 for 70. Thielen, uh, he was kind of questionable to play in this game. Wasn't really his game. 3 of 9 for 28. Uh, Jarris Wright was actually used a decent amount, which was interesting in the playoffs. He had 51 yards, and then Rudolph, obviously, 25-yard touchdown. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a really sad, sad, sad beatdown, which will lead us to our free agents, because, again, the free agents get interesting, I think, on this team, in my opinion. Free agents are Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater. We've known this all year long. We've talked about how the Vikings have the trifecta with no actual quarterback locked up what they're going to do, um, you know, Bradford's 30, Case Keenum's 29, Teddy Bridgewater's 26. You also have Michael Floyd, wide receiver, 28, so he's a vet on a free agency. Jerick McKinnon is a free agent this year at 25, running back. Bishop Sankey, I just have to mention him because I, it's Bishop Sankey, um, 25, free agent. He will not be back. Uh, and then Kai Forbath, a little shout-out for Corny and the Kickers again. He's age 30 and a free agent because apparently a lot of teams are free agents this year. Um so the Vikings have difficult and huge decisions to make a quarterback. Obviously, first and foremost, being as all three of the current quarterbacks uh, are headed to free agency. Now, Bridgewater says that he sees himself as a starter in the league in 2018, which is interesting hmm. because being as he's only attempted two passes since 2015. And I do feel bad because I love Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I hope he does well, but it, that's just really, it's, it's interesting to me. Now, in an interesting news for Bridgewater situation, Vikings GM Rick Spielman admitted that there remains uncertainty whether Teddy Bridgewater's contract will toll for 2018, which would reject him for free agency this year. Now, for those who do not understand what uh, that really means, well, in the CBA, it states that a player in the final year of his deal will have his contract toll another year if he spends the first six games of the year on PUP. Bridgewater spent the first six games of the year on the pop. So Vikings GM Spielman said right now he's technically ready to become a free agent, but with the tolling, it's not a Vikings decision. It's an NFL and player union issue that will ha- they will have to decide on. So the best case scenario for the Vikings is that Bridgewater's contract does toll 
because then he's not actually a free agent. So Spielman is sitting there putting that out there as if he is not, uh, it's not up to him, but I know naturally that's kind of the ideal situation for them. No real wear has been given on Sam Bradford, but some think that he could land in either Arizona or Buffalo. And as for Case Keenum, it's complicated. According to Case Keenum, the Vikings have given no indication whether they will be interested in re-signing him. Coach Mike Zimmer at the end of the year press conference would not commit to re-signing Case Keenum. Uh, when asked if Keenum deserved to be the team starter next year, all Zimmerman, sorry, all Zimmer could muster was, we're going to work through the process. Um, so there's been some uh, chatter about whether the Vikings will There franchise. is a 0% chance that Case Cam's a starter. They wouldn't even commit to him for this season, no matter what he did. It's, I know, it's so insane. But that, here's the funny part is there's chatter about the Vikings franchise tagging Keenum. Um, this is a bit hard for me to imagine, but I could see them You'd get signing paid a lot with that to a short-term deal for a year or two. The question is whether he wants only a two-year-long deal. I don't think so at his age, um, being as he's almost 30. Um, I don't know. I think whatever happens, he should be due for at least a hefty pay increase. The guy doesn't get paid much, so... It's really it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Now, Jerick McKinnon has said he preferred to be the featured back, and which I would think would make his return to Minnesota not likely, <laughs> as uh, <laughs> we have Cook who will be back next year. Dalvin Cook, uh, according to Roto World, possible landing spots for Jerick McKinnon could be the Bucks, Jets, Raiders, Lions, uh, or the Giants. So, I mean, McKinnon did well. I get it, but. Dalvin Cook's their future. You know, I get, you know, McKinnon's also fairly young, but mm -mm. Uh, Cook does does not have a timeline to resume football activities, but in good news, he has been jogging. Uh, if we look at uh, that on the grander scale, right, in terms, it seems that he's on track to return for the 2018 season. Probably won't be ready by OTAs. There's a chance to be ready by training camp. He should be good for the season opener. On to Philly. Uh, as we know, again, this the Eagles, uh, got burned on the opening drive, but that really didn't happen again. And that was it. And then it was pretty much just an offensive clinic put on by the Eagles uh, in this game against a very, very tough Vikings defense and Foles really shined. I will say this was, uh, I think for me, this solidified the moment when I said, okay, the Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. They are going to beat the Patriots. Um, so again, Foles three touchdowns, 352 yards, Jeffrey, 85 yards, two touchdowns, Ajayi, uh, not a great game. Seventy, okay, seventy-three yards rushing, twenty-six yards in the air. Blunt, uh, twenty-one yards and a touchdown. I mean, they just Ertz, ninety-three yards. I mean, they just were really putting on an offensive clinic against a very good team. And you know, the Eagles' defense was also stellar. They did their part. Uh, defensive end Chris Long forced a fumble from Keenum as he was trying to throw to Thielen, and Patrick Robinson picked it up and ran for a fifty-yard touchdown. I mean, it was just a landslide. And to me, it it gave probably them the confidence they could be the Patriots. And I think, uh, and certainly it was when I put in my vote that they were going to take it all. It was very smart. I, I just, so hard for me to be optimistic against Patriots. Yeah. I just, you know, and listen, I, if you're a Patriots fan out there, we don't hate the Patriots. It's just that, you know, it's like, if you're not a Patriots fan, you're like, could, could we get some variety up in here? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it's just, it's kind of like, oh, you know, here they are again. Uh, but you know what? Uh, from a fantasy perspective, uh, there were some very interesting things that happened. We are on to the Super Bowl, which obviously was the Eagles versus the Patriots. Uh, they were in Minnesota, which was, you know, odd because there was a weird uh, Philly, Minnesota strife after that game mm -hmm. that was a blowout. 
where the Eagles fans were not very nice to the Minnesota Vikings fans. And Minnesota Vikings, like they're from Minnesota. They're all about being Minnesota nice. It's kind of the jam. And then the Eagles are the opposite of that. They're known for being rowdy, even when they're not winning. So when they're winning, they're like, ah, and I get it. You know, they're like going out of their minds. Good for you. Good for you, Eagles. Uh, this particular game, the Patriots came out assuming they were going to win the game. It was very clear, actually, if you watch the the the, the warm-ups. Like, everything that was happening made me feel worse. They were just so confident. Um, and they were just so composed. Just like, yeah, we're going to win. And not in, like, the confident, I have a vision board, you know, kind of way. But in the, like, I'm going to get this job because my qualifications are off the charts. So this interview is just routine. <laughs> We've all made that mistake. It's not routine. You still got to do the interview. And if you don't, then you're not going to get the job. And this job was being the world champions. So it didn't work out for them. Um, Tom Brady had the most yardage of any quarterback in a Super Bowl ever. And, and one of the most uh, passing yards out of any quarterback performance ever, period. Yeah. 505 yards, three touchdowns, but he lost a fumble and that was key to the game. Um, or at least, you know, it was something that, that we all think about. We also all think about him not catching that pass. And we touched on it earlier in this show. I kind of feel bad that that's what he's going to be known for because that's not exactly a skill set he needs to have. No, no. But since Nick Foles did it on the next series and it was a touchdown, it made him look worse. It really you know does. Tom Brady is sitting there at home just running through that over and over oh, and over again. Oh, sure. What made the least amount of sense, though, and this was the difference between, again, the Eagles had one of the best called games that I've seen in the National Football League. And you know what? Some of their risks didn't work out. And some people were like, see, he was playing, uh, calling a good game, and now he sucks. I disagree. I think it was amazing throughout. It's just that sometimes when you take risks, they don't all work out. But when you have your quarterback attempt – to catch a pass, which by the way, Nick Foles is much more um, qualified to do that because he used to be a basketball player. He has better hands in general. This is yeah. just a completely different thing yeah. for him, but you do it in the end zone. They had Tom Brady running like, you know, in the middle of the field. And it wasn't a great pass. You know, Nothing I mean, it's great about the play. It, it was off the fingertips. It would have been a great catch for a receiver to be able to bring it. I mean, it wasn't like it, you know, well, a receiver would have caught it, no problem. But for a quarterback, it needs to be on the numbers. You're right. Yeah. It was just uh, ill-conceived, and I don't blame Tom Brady for that. So, I, And I'm not a Tom Brady apologist at all, but I'm saying, like, to me, it's a little unfortunate that he really did everything he could to stop them. Um, James White, again, rushing touchdown, the only rushing touchdown in the game, up. seven carries for 45 yards. Deion Lewis was invisible, nine carries for 39 yards. Obviously, they plan to also not run the ball a lot because the Philly D is very good at against the run. Um, these three wide receivers though, went bananas because Tom Brady had over 500 passing yards. Danny Amendola again, 152 yards on eight passes or eight catches. Um, Chris Hogan, six catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. And then Rob Gronkowski caught nine passes for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and of course, in the biggest game of Tom Brady's career, basically Brandon cooks had one catch for 23 yards. I don't know what to do with him again. You guys, from a fantasy perspective, I think one of the biggest stories that no one's talking about in the playoffs is Brandon Cooks' performance. It was incredibly up and down, and we cannot trust him as a number one wide receiver moving forward. You're going to sure. feel but good got, if you get him as a bargain in that game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But you're but you're going you're to feel playoff games, yeah. All of it, though, was up and down. So I, I think 
I think this is a weird thing that we need to watch. If they don't develop a chemistry, I'm just having a difficult time putting high because people are still putting him ADP up with a wide receiver one, maybe top of the wide receiver twos. I don't, I don't see that. From a volume perspective, I don't know how that's possible. We still have free agency. We still have the draft. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I just want to draw some attention to that. And you'll um, have Edelman coming back. I will say I couldn't. It, it, I was confused, and this is going to sound terrible, but I'm like, why is nobody literally white on rice on the little awkward white receivers? Because that is his specialty. I mean, literally, come playoffs, whether it's Edelman, whether it's Welker, whether it's Amendola, that is who they go to. That is who they use. Is who they were using all playoff season. You know, and I'm just like, how do you let Amendola get 152 yards? Tom Brady's a dot has never how? been high. Okay, like he he throws short passes. That's to what he solid, does. So, like solid possession receivers. They all yep are kind of pretty boys that look the same over the last few years. So yeah, Amendola, yeah. Edelman, uh, Welker, they're all kind of the same guy. Um, but yeah, they're the number one receiver all the time on the team. Um, but I don't know what to do with Brandon Cooks moving forward, and I don't know what to do with Chris Hogan because he doesn't quite fit that either. It it's going to be very intriguing when Edelman comes back. This whole team is going to change. It changes every year for the Patriots, and that's why you have to keep your head on a swivel with these guys. And that's also why I don't invest in them in from a dynasty perspective, except for Gronk. I do invest in Gronk, and I have um, – so that, that makes sense. I thought this was a really fun Super Bowl. We'll touch on this in a minute, except for the snooze fest of a halftime show, in my opinion. And I actually liked <laughs> Justin Timberlake, but I just thought it was boring. I was like, okay, where, where's Missy Elliott? That was my question. Like, bring out a guest. Uh, or have something uh, blow up or come out on a robot, like something, or jump off the top of the stadium like Lady Gaga. Do something that'll make me go, oh my gosh. But instead it was like, okay. Right? I thought it and, was okay. It was fine. I mean... Okay. Speaking of the Super Bowl, though, and speaking of free agency, because obviously it's the end of the season for both these teams, um, Bill Belichick decided to put his foot down on Malcolm Butler. And the guy who played in 97.8% of the defensive snaps, uh, the highest out of all defensive players on the year, uh, was not on the field. He was only on the field for special teams. Uh, now, there was a rumor that he had stayed out late uh, due to curfew, but he adamantly denies that, said that was not the case. Uh, he was incredibly upset by this benching, didn't know what happened, and he actually posted this big, long thing on Instagram. And then Tom Brady, of all people, A, liked it, B, mm -hmm. responded with, love you, Malcolm. You're an incredible player and teammate and friend. Always three exclamation points. I think that sitting Malcolm Butler, although he hadn't, he didn't have this fantastic season, but he was a Super Bowl hero uh, for them on numerous occasions. Um, was a huge misstep for the greatest coach of all time, and I don't know what happened here. Um, very weird. Also, he was odd, yeah, because what I heard was that he didn't have a great. He was a he was injured coming into the game, and then didn't have a good practice week and so they said it was a football decision that's what i belichick had always said this was this was a football decision this isn't him being punished or penalized or breaking anything so i don't know where the curfew thing came from either because i thought they made that pretty clear that no this is a football decision um but i agree when you've got somebody that has seemed to just been able to make something happen in big moments in the super bowl i don't know how you don't play them especially because their corners while doing okay weren't great i mean i'm sure they're sitting there thinking okay butler was injured, didn't participate in the in very well during the practice week. We need to stick with the guys that have been part of the game plan because, you know, again, they are a system. This is a systematic team, and they, you know, they didn't want to throw a random outlier into the mix. But 
to not play him at all, just in special teams, was it was a very, very weird choice. Very weird choice. Well, but but again, it's one thing to say, I'm going to have you share time with people. You didn't play him at all on defense, and he was in 97.8% of your defensive yeah. plays for the rest of the season. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I, there is no justification here. He's going to walk in free agency. It is very weird, and, and it is something of note because they lost this game because their defense could not control Nick Foles. You could take that as you want. I take that as insane. And I think part of the problem was because they sat Malcolm Butler. At bare minimum, he's like a pillar in that defense, and he's a rock. He's there all the time, so people know where he's going to be on the field. There is a con continuity issue there, and they just didn't address that. Uh, Deion Lewis is also going to be a free agent. Uh, reportedly, he is not in talks with the Patriots for uh, coming back. Uh, he had 896 rushing yards, nine total touchdowns on the season. He's a very good player. I know he had that one fumble and wasn't visible in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl because of it, the mm -hmm. fumble that he had in the championship game. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a very interesting player if he goes somewhere else. He was very good, not only with running the ball, but again, with the pass, better than you think. So keep an eye on where Deion Lewis is going to end up. Um, and also, Danny Amendola caught 26 passes for 348 yards, two touchdowns. He will be a free agent. I think he'll be back with the Pats because he doesn't do anything during the regular season. He's so specific to the Patriots. I think they'll probably bring him back. I agree. Again, insane that there wasn't more coverage on him. Unbelievable. <clears throat> First of all, I want to start by talking about the, Patri about the Eagles. Excuse me. Um, a, congrats, obviously. Huge win. Great game. Um, one of the more most entertaining Super Bowls I've ever watched, certainly. Uh, but first I want to talk about when the Eagles had their walkthrough uh, mm -hmm. at U.S. Bank Stadium, which was after the Patriots had their walkthrough. It has been basically confirmed by multiple players on the team. The Eagles did a fake walkthrough using plays that were not in their playbooks because of their distrust of the Patriots and their Spygate past. I find this hilarious and incredibly smart at the same time where there's smoke there's fire my right eagles smart move i love it who knows what would happen but i love that they actually didn't even do their walkthrough because it wasn't worth risking it for them that there was a chance someone would be recording it genius i think it's so good but they did have the nick Foles play so what they said is that the only play that they practiced that they used was the one with nick Foles going into the end zone and you have that someone was recording it and actually did a snap to chat being like, oh, yeah, bet that happens. And it was the exact. And play. it did. It did happen. So, I mean, just just amazing. Just amazing. Uh, so, you know, in a game that many people did not give them a chance, uh, the Eagles pulled out the victory of the score of 41-33. And Foles, who, again, as I said, I immediately doubted when when Wentz got hurt completed 28 of 43 passes for 373 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And then, as we said, Foles also caught a second quarter touchdown from his tight end, Trey Burton, who actually also had used to play quarterback uh, back in the day. So unlike Tom Brady, who dropped his catch, Foles did catch his, which I do think is unfair that we are sitting there ragging on Tom Brady. But, you know, it's just awesome. I think Foles is the only person to have thrown and caught for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So again, yes, huge congrats to you, Foles. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, but this put the Eagles up by 10 before the half. Now, this was something where I was about to lose my mind because uh, I'm sure you were having similar conversations, Brandon, um, at your house. I know I was having my husband where, like Brandon said earlier in the show, <clears throat> the Eagles being up by 10 at halftime, you're not up. Nope. You're not up. You're tied. Um, and so, so many teams, they let up. 
they let up, they go to prevent defense, they, they, they lose their clock management. I mean, they just do so many things that are wrong. Uh, and I got really nervous when the Eagles came out because I was like, oh, they're doing everything that they're not supposed to do because I loved the aggressive play calling that was initially happening. And they kind of let off the pedal a little bit in the third quarter, but then they brought it back to the fourth. And that's when things got, you know, interesting again. Um, I loved the play calls. I loved how aggressive they were. I loved they went for fourth downs because they should. Why shouldn't they? You need okay. to do those things. It's the um, Super Bowl. This is it. This is it. Do it. And this is what you've been doing all season long. So why would you change that? So I, I loved, I loved that. Um, Foles had a nearly perfect game. Uh, with the one interception uh, that he threw, which was really not his not fault. His fault. I mean, Alshon no. Jeffrey batted the ball up. Uh, it know, wasn't it was his fault up. either. He was it trying to get it. I mean, it was yeah, just, but as a receiver, you're supposed to bat yeah. the ball down if you can't get it. It's just the way he had his hand; it batted up. Um, Jerron Harmon, you know, caught it inside the you know New England five yard line. Um, but that was really the only like you know flaw for him in the entire thing. The Garrett Blunt, as expected in an ultimate revenge game, uh, played a significant role with 14 carries for 90 yards. He did great. Corey Clement caught four passes for a hundred yards and one touchdown. We uh, loved Nelson, him. We loved him. We thought he was going to have a good game. Uh, Aguilar again, 84 yards, Jeffrey, 73 yards and score Zach Ertz touchdown, 67 yards. Again, this was just such an offensive packed game. Uh, it was amazing. Now, the game is not shy of its controversies, of course, with Corey Clements catch for a touchdown. That one, I was like, okay, I can see, you know, a little bit here and there. And then there was Zach Ertz touchdown, which I would like to say, I do not think there should be any controversy around this. He I didn't clearly, think it was, he was, clearly, he was a runner. clearly a runner. He was yeah. clearly a runner. This is not the same as the Jesse James catch. It just wasn't period. And a discussion There is not controversy here. So I'm really glad that call stayed because if it hadn't stayed, I would have lost my mind. So anarchy. Seriously, uh, this game, as we said, was a record setting offensive shootout. And no, the Patriots did not lose the game. The Eagles just outright won it. And in discussion, they did. It was a great game. Again, fly, Eagles, fly. Congrats. Now, on to the free agents. Got some interesting ones. Darren Sproles, LeGarrette Blunt, Trey Burton, and Caleb Sturgis are the free agents. There's others, but these are obviously the fantasy relevant ones of note. Now, Carson Wentz, we'll talk about him for a little bit second here. He is hopeful he'll be ready for week one after tearing his LCL and ACL. Uh, but it could very well come down to the wire on this one. Um, you know, it's it's a projected nine to 12 month recovery timetable. Um, so I think he'll be back by uh, certainly I think week one, but, you know tough to say. Uh, I do not think it is likely that Blunt will be an Eagle next year with just how many running backs they have on their roster. I'm just not sure they'll sign Blunt. Uh, and Ian Rappaport uh, reported that Darren Sproles is leaning towards returning, not necessarily the Eagles, but to the NFL uh, for the 2018 season. But again, I think it's unlikely that he lands with the Eagles again because of how um, deep this running back um the depth is there Corey clement fills the role of darren sproles and he's much younger than sproles uh who will be you know sproles will be 35 and he's returning from an acl tear so i just don't see a scenario where they bring back sproles when you've got clement who's who just really did well at the end of the season but trey burton uh obviously the tight end who has come in either when Ertz was hurt or playing kind of that secondary role uh he's unlikely to return um and it should be, in my opinion, a team, a guy that teams take a good long look at. Agreed. I think Trey Burton is really talented. And I think he just happens to be on a team with Zach Ertz. And I think he could go to a different team and be a top 10 tight end next year. So keep your eye on where he lands. Now, obviously, you need to make sure that where he lands is a tight end friendly team. Um, but he's really talented. He's really talented. So I'm I'm pretty my happy bold about prediction. Him. 
I think Trey Burton and Jake Butt are top 10 tight ends next year. Interesting. Going with the Bronco. The Broncos her. love Jake Butt. They just couldn't get they him do, off of They the do love Jake Butt. But, but they knew that. They knew they were cashing in that first year when they drafted him yeah. so low. They still yeah. did. That's okay. Yeah. But I think Trey Burton absolutely could be a top 10 tight end next year. I think he's, I he's really he's, – there's something special about him. So. Agreed. Love Trey yeah. Burton. Well, we have uh, a couple random things. Uh, we had uh, one of our listeners here uh, live bring up Ruben Foster. Yes, arrested again. Domestic abuse suspected. Thank you, Bob. Bob Zelenka brought it up. Uh, we actually just said that before the show. It's not really fantasy relevant, but get it together, guys. Wow. Uh, and I think we need to count yep. him out. Jimmy Garoppolo is now the richest man ever. Uh, our friend Mike over at the Fantasy Footballers said that he was paid handsomely, which oh my we can disagree with that. Ashley's raging. Raging. Um, raging. Raging. Ashley, go ahead and do a diatribe real quick. We're... No, no, I'll let you finish and then I'll do it. No, no, go ahead. I'm done. I mean, it's just I, he's, he's the guy. It is lunacy that he is the highest played NFL player in history. Lunacy. It is. It blows my mind. And I hope that the Niners get their comeuppance for it because this is so ludicrous. It is so crazy <laughs> to pay somebody who you have such little game footage on. Yes, he's come in. He's won. Yes, he improved your organization. Is he worth being paid the most, the highest paid player in NFL history? No. No, there is no argument you can make to me that would justify that he should be the highest played player in NFL history. Period. End of discussion. I, oh, come on. No, absolutely not. Insane. Absolutely Bro. not. I mean, it is so insane. I, it's funny. I, I saw the, you know, the notice hit my phone and I don't know what my deal was. I spent the entire day just sending like random tweets to my text to my husband being like, this is crazy. I can't believe this. Like every hour I would just like rage for no reason. I was so angry about the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. I just, I couldn't believe it because what it also does is it's going to put the Kirk Cousins deal in crazy land, crazy land, you know, and it should. I mean, if I don't he think gets paid Kirk less than Jimmy Garoppolo, that is insane. I don't think it's going to happen. You think he's going to get paid less than Jimmy Garoppolo? I do. And you think that is justified? I didn't say that, but I, I think that someone's going to sign him to a shorter contract, and I think he's going to take a little less money to be on a really good team. I just, I can't, I can't even Jimmy Garoppolo. But I could be wrong. Listen, everyone else I thinks can't. he's going to make more money, so I'm I'm alone on this. Uh, uh, but yeah, so Kirk Cousins, we're always on the watch. Nothing has really developed since the last show where we talked about it. The only other thing we're going to say is that this show, as everyone knows, we are all born and raised Broncos fans. We all live in Denver, or lived in Denver at least for me. Um we're legit. And so we were 0% surprised with the Josh McDaniels snafu. Is that Zero. what we're going to follow? Zero. Zero percent oh surprised. And like, and don't get at me and be like, it's been a long time. No, he is who he is. And I think that was made incredibly clear. Ashley, do you have any um, words of wisdom to add to that real quick? Forget out on the show. Cause uh, I'm just saying for us personally, uh, we know exactly, again, this guy is why John Elway works for us now because John Elway was so disgusted by what Josh McDaniels was doing to our organization. But by all means, Ashley, words, I'd love to hear it. You know, I'm actually going to take a softer approach on this, which I think you'll be oh, surprised okay. with. Oh, that's um, I mean, I think, <laughs> I guess I find it appalling of the Patriots organization to even put him in that situation to sit there after he's accepted a deal and then come to him and say, 
this is what we're going to do. And you know, there has to be some under the table handshake that you're going to be the coach when Belichick leaves for the fact that they're going to let him in on personnel decisions. He basically is getting agreed to be shadowed. They're not disclosing the major increase to his salary. And I mean, even, even, uh, you know, his agent said, this is the biggest professional mistake of your career. Like there is no way, like if this, if they don't give Josh McDaniels a head coaching job, how could anyone ever offer Josh McDaniels? A head coaching job after what he just did to the Colts, and I don't know right. if it was, and it was a reminder snub. of what he did to the Broncos already. It was like it brought it all back up. It did, and it's like was yep. this was this intentional to sit there, be, knowing you're stringing by by the Patriot organization? I'm saying where you know that McDaniel's has already agreed to this with the Colts, you know, and it's just the formality. You yeah. know what's happening here, and then for you to and they're going to sit there and say, "Oh, we had the playoffs, we had stuff going on." No, 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 no. You should you could have and should have locked this up because what you just did is you just destroyed this man's career if you do not basically lock him in with the Patriots is what you've done. And so now Josh McDaniel should have been smart enough to say, you should have done this earlier. I can't take this kind of hit. There's no way. Now I'm sure for him, he's sitting there thinking, this is my dream job. I've been with the Patriots for so long. This is the organization that I've always, you know, been a part of. This is what I want. I want to take over after Belichick. And I'm sure to him, he's like, I can't not take my dream job. But at the same time, what you just did to yourself professionally is unreal. To go back on your word like that, I just, I can't even. And the fact that the Patriots organization, who allegedly have all this respect and care for him, would put him in that situation is just beyond me. Beyond me. I am, I'm glad that you're a nice person. Uh, I think he's still an adult and he made a terrible decision. I I think, but that's really what it is. I don't care what they offered him. He already had accepted a head coaching job, which also is a dream with another organization. Um, and I, I guess I'll, I'll just say this. I feel like, um, not only will no one ever hire him again other than this, um, but they, the reportedly they did not offer him the head coaching job next. It could be that he's like, you know what, maybe I just want to do this. I'm going to collect my money. I'm going to live frugally and I'm just going to retire. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but I thought it was uh, disgusting. Do you think, though, that this is a reflection of Andrew Luck's shoulder situation? I do. That if Andrew Luck's shoulder was okay, he would have said, you know what, I'm going to go with this anyway. I feel like this is a good deal. I think that after his experience with the Broncos as a head coach, he knew that he needed to put himself in a situation that a, he could prove himself um, of what he can do. And Andrew Luck gave him the foundation to do that. If mm-hmm. Andrew Luck is healthy and coming back. Now we all know now there's rumors that Andrew Luck is going to potentially have surgery. And they said, Oh, it doesn't need surgery. Now we're having surgery. We're back in this, this ambiguity around Andrew Luck, which I don't think helped, but I, I guess I would just have more respect if he was just being honest because to sit there and say, I didn't want to, you know, move my kids. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. You wouldn't have even been talking to people about a head coaching job. If you didn't have the intention of moving your children. That was so like, gross. I was like, it don't is so this gross on your to even throw that in there I and to put that no, on your family. No. It's just gross. Just sit there. And I will at least have more respect to sit there and say, I didn't think this was even an option with the Patriots because the Super Bowl we had so much going on. They came to me. I know the terrible is terrible. Type is terrible. I feel horrible, but this is this is my dream organization. I could at least somewhat respect that and say you still made a bad choice. You shouldn't have done this. But to sit there and then blame that you didn't want to move your kids is just repulsive to me. It's just, it's so awful. It's so awful. 
Well, and it it unfairly puts your family in a a position where they have to feel responsible if this Patriots gig doesn't work out. Right. There's a very distinct possibility that Tom Brady actually retires early and this is over and it's bad and they don't offer it to him. And I mean, we don't know. Tom Brady's 40 years old. There's no reason for him to continue playing football if he doesn't want to. I don't the think he wants way to end that his he should have this way, but like, come on. Yeah. The only way that I could have seen McDaniels taking this is if the head coaching job was locked up because there's no other reason in the world you would take it. There's no reason in the world. You wouldn't take it so that you can shadow Belichick. What? What? Yeah, Who turns what? on a head for coaching job just to shadow? You know, like, so there has to either be an under the table deal here that they just won't admit to, which is possible. Or you, you should have be better off saying he is, he will be our head coach and Belichick retires. Even if just, he becomes a head coach, head coaches never stay with the same team and he will never, ever get offered a job again. Never. Nor should he. Nor should he. I would never, ever offer anything to him. And I wouldn't have before this, but now it's like I feel very vindicated in all my vindictive feelings. So there you go. All right, you guys. Well, we have to head on out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. It was really fun. Um, Ashley, I were you, and we will be back next month. We have the Combine coming up, everybody. Yeah. Again, 24-7 for football. You can't get away from us. So uh, from everyone here at Her Fantasy Football, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. We'll